We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Here we go. We are live on a Tuesday morning. That's right. There's no holidays for us. We're just racking up comp days because that's what we do here. In the spoken word format, why? It's football season. We've got a team right now that can't determine who the quarterback's going to be with two games left in the season with playoff berth on the line. Hell, even the Los Angeles Chargers are going to the freaking playoffs. Are you kidding me? With the fabulous, the fabulous Justin Herbert at quarterback, but their moronic head coach in Brandon Staley. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. They're going to the playoffs. And now your commanders have to sweat it out this week trying to figure out who's going to be the QB. Nobody better to discuss that with than the legendary father of Tyler, Natalie Russo, the rooster, Chris Russell. I don't know if that's uh, true, but I appreciate the uh, patronage. Good morning, Pedro. I I, <laughs> I uh, still working from home, uh, and Tyler is quite demanding in the morning. Uh, and between Tyler and the pets and everything that needs to get done, I connected thinking, oh, you know, like I, I have until probably about 9.02 because Kev usually runs late. So do we. So I'm not criticizing anybody. And here we go on time right away. Bang. Top of the morning. Well, you know Top of the morning to you, baby. You know who's, believe it or not, you know whose fault it is? It's the junkie's fault. Oh, it's the junkies. Fault oh, because today. Kevin's out because Kevin was out today. Yeah. And we were on simulcast. Yeah. Oh, that's why See, I wasn't I wasn't able to listen to that. And that's uh, now it makes sense. OK, now it makes sense. Either way, uh, we're here with bells on. And yes, there's nothing that makes me more, I guess, frustrated. But I've got a tip of cap. Uh, to the Los Angeles Chargers, because you know how I feel about Brandon Staley, and you just kind of uh, mentioned that. Um, I, I don't know where to go with this one, because it was such a terrible, wretched, awful, disgusting, putrid, just dreadful bad game, game last night. Bad game. Really bad. Um, yet the Chargers, 9-6, and six, playoff bound, locking up a playoff spot uh, in week 16, uh, which used to be nothing special, but remember, there's still two more weeks left to go in the regular season. Yeah. And quite honestly, um, I mean, I guess I have to drop some of my protests of Brandon Staley. I, I, I guess. I, I guess the number nerds are going to get their last laugh here or, or at least some laugh or at least some satisfaction because that guy, again, drives me crazy. And he has sparked a trend. We see Dan Campbell do it. Hell, we saw Ron Rivera do it uh, on Saturday. We talked about that and 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 the ramifications of that, uh, and maybe not even the ramifications as much as the decision itself. Uh, we he sparked an entire cottage industry, quite honestly, by going for it on fourth and whatever from inside his own, let's just say, forty yard line. 
You know, and in the playoff, in the play-in game last year, uh, Staley, the Chargers head coach, against the Raiders, do you remember? They were down by three, I think it was late third quarter, and he went for it on fourth and one from his own 18. Yep. You know, and... uh, Lost 35-32 in overtime. Yeah, yeah. Lost his playoff spot. Exactly. They gave up a field goal on the turnover because they couldn't get it, and that ultimately cost them the game. But... Here he is in year three for him. No, year two for him. Year two for him. Year three for Justin Herbert. And the Chargers are in the playoffs with weeks to go. With weeks to go. And the team that everybody thought would make the playoffs in the AFC West, or most people thought, is firing their coach with three weeks to go. I mean, or two weeks to go. Let, let, I mean, there's so many ways we could start here. I want to backtrack real quick to a name you mentioned, Dan Campbell. Yeah. Was there anything better than a losing coach walking across the field to tell the other coach that was an ass beating? I mean, <laughs> you kicked our ass. Dan Campbell is nothing if he's not completely and totally honest and transparent. Yes, I mean, and he that, gets it. Dan Campbell gets it. That dude he, seems he, like the kind of guy you want to run yes. through a brick wall for, right? He just gets it. He doesn't take himself. And all of this so seriously, where everything is so buttoned up and secretive, like it's Fort Knox and their military secrets and all this other stuff. Everybody watches the same film, morons. We can come watch your practice. We still got to go out and stop it because you have better athletes than we do. I mean, it's just, it, it, it's, I lo- it's so refreshing. So refreshing. I mean, he's such an easy guy to root for. And I, I tweeted this the other night after the, the Steelers game. Tomlin, I, I, look, I'm telling you what. I wish I lived in Pittsburgh because I would love to root for the Steelers. I would love to root for Tomlin. I'd love to root for a team that's only had three coaches, three, since 1969. Three. How about that? I mean, nobody comes close to that. So, I mean, it's just, I I just love people that are direct, you know, honest, thoughtful. You know, Tomlin was that the other night after the game. And, you know, people trying to, you know, obviously the God bless the Pittsburgh media. They, 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 they were trying to play up the Franco thing the way, you know, in the wake of his death and, um, and Tom and Tom, cause they scored 13 points, the same amount of points that they scored in the immaculate reception game. And right. Tom goes, don't, for, don't think for one minute we're on par with that Steeler team or Franco Harris or yeah. anything like that. It yeah. was, it was just great. So I, I, I love a guy. You know how Chris, you you've been in press conferences before with losing coaches. It, some of the it, it can be dreadful sometimes. It's a, it's a hateful place to have to do your job. Campbell no goes across the field and tells Steve Wilkes, "You kicked our ass," well, and it's on right. camera for everybody to see. And he's right. Oh, what did 100%. they run for? What did they run for? Three hundred yards. Three twenty. Three twenty. Three twenty. They absolutely handed them an ass beating. That's what they did. It was they it took was, out the they took out the whooping stick, and kept whipping and whooping the Detroit Lions' ass until Aiden Hutchinson's butt cheeks were probably separated from the rest of his body. Um, That's what they did. By the way, just to paint that ugly do we, word picture. Do we um do we know why Ron was doing the press conference with the mic draped over his shoulder? That was an interesting look. Yeah, I don't I don't know exactly uh what the reasoning behind that was because I didn't see the before. I only saw the during and after. I was I would assume 
uh, that um, I would assume that the the podium or whatever didn't work. I don't know why the microphone would work. I don't know why Ron chose to do that. I have no idea. I haven't talked to Ron uh, about that. I haven't seen an explanation for that. Obviously, wasn't there. Uh, so, you know, a lot of times what happens is the team travels, you know, uh, uh, audio technicians and whatever, uh, and, and, and set up people, and they set up the podium before. Yeah, um, with your sponsor thing yeah, up in the background Yeah, before you get there, the whatever, screen, yeah. exactly. Uh, I don't know if there was a problem with the mic, because if there was a problem with the mic, it wouldn't make sense that it would work on a shoulder as opposed to uh, at the podium. But I, I don't know the reasoning uh, for that. I've got to I've got to do some digging. Uh, on, I just thought on, that on was that. an interesting look for Ron uh, after the game there with the mic draped over his shoulder. I was like, that's great for the coach to improvise in a situation like that, because, you know, sometimes coaches would would not. And yes, then it kind of shows you, Ron, how keenly aware of yes, the media he the, is. No question, and appreciates you know. the job they do. Whether you know whether he agrees or disagrees with right. their questions or opinion, he he respects that, and that's that's all you can ask for. Yes, correct. Uh, in, in that situation, I, trust me, he does not uh, he does not agree with everything. Trust no, me, of course not. He does not agree with everything. But no, no, no doubt about it. Um, we didn't get a chance to talk about this yesterday. Uh, before we get into the commanders, hot and heavy. Um, you and Tyler obviously on Friday night had a chance and, and obviously we ribbed you all week long for being selfish and wanting Ovi to not score anywhere, but capital one arena, uh, you got to be there Friday night. You got uh-huh. to see not only eight Oh one, but eight Oh two, uh, as well. And just to be there. And obviously someone that appreciates hockey the way you do, mm-hmm. um, just to be there in that building and, and share that with. Capitals fans, because you weren't in the press box. You were in the stands. Right. Um, just to be able to share that moment. And, you know, it was, it, there was a resignation in Joe B's voice because I think we were all hoping it was going to be like the first goal, like a, a wrist shot from the slot or a slapper from the office on the power play. Right. And, and it's, it's, you know, it's, it, he and look, he didn't even Chris. He looked like he didn't even want to do it because he passed a koozie the first time. Yes, and then he just finally said, oh, "All right, I'll throw it in there." All right. So there's a couple of things here. First of all, the entire night was awesome. Um, you know, before we get to the hockey, I send a quick shout of uh, thanks out to my guy Kevin uh, over at Guy Fieri's uh, DC Kitchen and Bar inside Capital One Arena. You can go there all the time, seven days a week. All that he's open, game event not. Great restaurant. They uh, had a group of Down syndrome families, uh, and um, uh, and um, Molly Whalen from uh, Best Buddies, who of course I you know now work with. Uh, they had us all out there for dinner. Private room. Uh, Tailgate. Ted was there with a bunch of his friends. Uh, Ted, shout out to him. Uh, he provided a sweet ticket for uh, my friend Molly so she could go to the game. Uh, she hadn't been to a game in forever. Uh, Kevin has super access, so he just hung out with us in the suite. Uh, we were in the, uh, and also thanks to Odyssey DC and, um, and RJ and everybody uh, that gave me the tickets uh, so that I could take my son out to a game. Now, uh, that being said, Pete, and towards the end of the first period, right? Kind of a, a break-in opportunity, pass off the right wing, if memory serves. Ovechkin kind of comes in, little room inside the blue line, boom, fires a wrist shot right through the wickets of the Winnipeg goaltender, who is not... Um, their starter, not their starter. Uh, and that's 801. That ties 
the great Gordie Howe, right? That was cool. Okay, so you knew at least in some way, shape, or form, less than a period in, that you had seen some sort of history. But now you're thinking, oh, 802, he's going to get this. Because he's been on such a freaking heater, not only in terms of scoring goals, as we all know, but how many near opportunities has he had? And how many blistering shots and saves has he had? And chances has he had over the last week and a half since he got to 800, where you go, oh my gosh, how has this guy not scored like 810 at this point? He's been that good. And goaltenders have just been able to stone him. Kudos to them. But he gets 801 late in the first period, and you think, okay. So I'll try and go through this as quickly as I can. End of the first intermission, I go out to get some sodas and, 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 and stuff for the group, right? And the lines are so long, took Tyler to the bathroom, whatever. By the time I get back in, the second period's already started. And I'm watching it on the monitor, and I'm stuck in line, and some dude at some auto-pay thing, even though there's assistance, is taking forever. I'm like, brother, pay. I'll pay for your damn soda and beer. Like, let me go. Let me go, because <laughs> I'm going to miss NHL history. I'm going to miss history here by you being a complete nincompoop and not understanding how this works. Anyway, somehow, some way, Pete, by the grace of gods, the hockey gods, I got away with it. As I walk up into the, you know, the concourse to get to our little mini lo- 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 what have you, section 106, 107, uh, it's like, you know, a little loft suite thing. Yeah. Party deck, whatever. Is that the same uh, one that, uh, like, like we have here at the station? Yeah, that yeah. no, that that's exactly what. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it was. I know what you're yeah. talking about. Um, so I love that, by the way. Right, it is great. So as I walk out there, Ovechkin comes in on a breakaway. Uh oh, or, or basically a partial breakaway, and he gets stoned. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, you know, part of me is like, oh my god, I I didn't get video. I'm here, like I'm blocked off. I'm like, you know, because I could see it on the video board, but I can't see it because it's all the way at the other end of the ice. And so the goaltender stones him, right? And so I'm, like, happy in a way because I didn't miss history, but also not happy in a way because I want him to make history. So then the game goes along. Capitals expand their lead. Capitals are in cruise control, what have you. And I remember, I was worried on Friday morning that they were going to come in with a listless performance, you know, all the injuries, the travel, uh, beating Ottawa in overtime, blah, da, 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 da. You know, Winnipeg, no juice in the building. The crowd was fired up everybody wanted it we get to the last couple of minutes and like you said ov comes in crosses the blue line and passes and i'm as i'm recording this right because i'm recording every moment he's on the ice in the third you know that i can as i record this i'm watching it through my camera and he's like oh he passed it and then all of a sudden like my my camera i shifted to where the puck is going and Ovi, his back is turned to where we are and towards the net. And he shoots it, not even looking at the goal, not even looking at the net. And because it's an empty net, it goes in and it's hockey history and the building explodes and his teammates come off and shake, rattle and roll goes on. And, you know, the Winnipeg Jets are obviously doing their part to, you know, honor him. And the crowd is going berserk. It was, um, by the way, 
It was a great Kudos moment. to the Winnipeg Jets. Yes. How classy was that? Yes, very. Well, the, you know, it's funny. The goaltender that uh, – I forgot his name. It's it's not Hellebuck. Um, the backup goaltender. He was mad that he gave up a, a, a five-hole goal for 801. This one he had nothing to do with, right? Yeah. Because they're trailing – I think it was 3-1 – to one. Yeah, uh, it was three one. Yeah, three one, and yeah. then they pull him obviously. So, but he was mad that he allowed eight oh one. Just mad at himself, not mad at Ovi because you know it was just. Uh, I, I mean, it was a great wrist shot, snapshot, whatever. Just went through the five hole, but like to see his teammates obviously come all off the ice to see Ovechkin then take a mini lap around the middle of the ice, celebrating the fans. Uh, Al Koken's interview with him from the bench after he, of course, appropriately gets the first star of the game. Pete, you know, listen, um, I've been to a lot of big events in that arena. You have, um, you know, I've been to playoff games. I've been to Stanley Cup final games. I've been to... uh, Crosby and Ovechkin dueling hat tricks in 20, I guess it was 2010, in the second round of a play. I, I mean, I've been to some big, big, big events there. Um, I don't know if I would say that was clearly number one because I don't know how you top the Stanley Cup final and the significance of that and both of those wins, games three and four. But that building was electric on Friday night, uh, kind of the same way it was described to us for Detroit a week and a half ago, that building was on fire Friday night. I was so happy to see that atmosphere, everybody hoping for history before the Christmas break at home. Uh, you know, everybody in a festive mood. I'm sure everybody drinking and having a good time. Christmas sweaters, all of that stuff. Holiday, like they played a lot of Christmas songs, holiday music, instead of the goal songs that they normally would play, right? Except for Ovi. And they 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 stood they 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 stayed with the traditional shake rattle and roll after he scores. I don't know. Just the whole atmosphere was great. The crowd was great. Uh, the team was great. Uh, Charlie Lindgren was amazing again. Um, Isn't he? Got, doesn't he have to be your number one netminder for right now? Well, I, I mean, listen. Does he have to be clearly number one where he plays seven out of ten games? No, I don't think you have to do that. But maybe you do six out of ten you know slightly more maybe but here's here's one thing you don't want to do is get into a situation where you go every other every other every other every other and for whatever reason a guy whether it be Lingren or Kemper gets into a bad mental mindset and loses a little bit of confidence I mean for right now we know Kemper was not available up until recently and he started Thursday night in Ottawa mm-hmm up until recently because of injury, okay? What you don't want to do is, again, get into the type of situation that you basically tried to end last year, which is every other night it was Samsonov or um, or, or Vanacek, and sometimes they would play two games in a row, but nobody could take the bull by the horns. You want somebody to take the bull by the horns. I just don't know right now, as good as Charlie Lindgren has been for the Capitals, as good as he was in limited action for St. Louis last year, and as good as they thought he was going to be, I don't know if you want to create a situation where, for whatever reason, Kemper gets into a bad mental mindset, and then when he does play, he's not sharp. You know, 
like, and maybe it's too early to worry about this stuff. Clearly, you need to have it figured out by late March, April. But I just don't know if I would go Lindgren 80% of the time or 75% of the time or whatever. Um, but, but again, going back real quickly uh, to the, the, the um, uh, you know, to the scene on, on Friday night, it was, uh, you know, um, th- that building, uh, you know, we talk about the commanders all the time, right? And, and people were surprised by the noise level on Sunday night football against the Giants. I wasn't because, you know, I'm at every home game. Uh, I, I know that there's plenty of noise fr- coming from the lower level uh, at FedEx Field, right? So I wasn't surprised by anything I saw uh, on the Sunday night Giants game. And even still, it wasn't a sellout and so on and so forth. Now, we're talking about a 64, 65,000 seat capacity versus a 19,000 seat capacity. But, Pete, because it's indoors, because the Capitals crowd is all almost always electric, and because everyone was there to potentially see hockey history. And I think, as weirdly as it sounds, I think Christmas being that, you know, not that next day, but Christmas weekend, I think everybody, you combine the festive atmosphere that every most people have for Christmas, a Friday night, uh, the weather outside was really cold, so everybody was all bundled up and happy to be indoors, along with hockey history. And that fan base, which is still great, it's still electric. Even though they were having some trouble selling tickets earlier in the year and getting people fired up, Pete, they answer the bell. I, again, I understand it's only 19000 I get it's not fair to compare it to the Commanders. I, it's not even fair to compare it to the Nationals. That fan base is still in my opinion, while they might be the smallest in terms of total number, they are the most passionate, the most intense, the most euphoric, the most everything that we have going in the DMV, period. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. I mean, I, and believe it or not, I'd put probably put D.C. United right, right behind them in terms of uh, because of the size and the passion uh, that they show, and they show up despite the record. Um, you that's know, a good, that's a good call. I, I think that's call. a that's a that's another group that, uh, despite the record, they show up at Audi Field. Uh, you know, especially on the weekends when you know the weekday games in any sport are tougher. But uh, the Capitals, considering it's how many home dates they have, with, you know, forty home dates. Yeah. Um, that group is as consistent, as passionate, and as reliable and loyal uh, as any fan base you have. But let's face it. They also have the one of the greatest players in the history of the Absolutely. sport. Absolutely. So it's no easy to come out and no watch doubt. players like that. Okay, that makes it easy. So, uh, but but again, that that pack, that that fan base I think is is unmatched uh, right now in terms of its loyalty and passion uh, and showing up on a nightly basis. It can be a Monday night against Ottawa. It can be a Friday against Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. That group shows up all the time. And, and and I would just quickly add, it's been that way for 13, uh, I guess it's 14 years, 13 years, whatever it is. Yeah. So, and, and to your point, yes, having a superstar like Ovechkin, no doubt. But when the Nationals had Bryce Harper, an epic superstar, it wasn't that same atmosphere unless it was the playoffs. The Commanders, and again, it's a different sport, have superstars like Jonathan Allen and Terry McLaurin. It's not that same way. See, the Washington, you know? look, the, and 
we know why the Commanders fan base is fractured. I understand. I understand. Especially in terms uh, in terms of actually showing up at the games. Right. And I think right. they I think they're I think it's important to differentiate. Yeah. I think the fan base is still there. I think people still root for the sure, team. Sure. Sure. There's a reason why people aren't spending money uh in terms of attending the games. Yeah, this was not so, in, this was not intended to be uh, like a kick in no, the onions to the Commanders or the Wizards because or they the have Nationals. the fewest this home dates. This was just saluting the right. Capitals. They have the fewest home dates. So it should be easier in theory uh for them to uh, you know, fill the stadium. You've only got to do it, you know, eight times or nine now, depending on, um, you know, the year. They've got nine this year. They'll have eight next year. But we know why that happens. We understand why that's happening. So, but th- that's a fan base that should be able to show up. Granted, it's three times the size also of the arena that the Capitals play in. But it's a testament to what Ted and Zach and Monumental Sports have built over there in terms of that product. And at the same time, it's why you have people that are you know, fans of the round ball team that are starving, that are so hungry to be able to do the same thing right. on the hardwood side. And they've tried. They've tried. It just hasn't worked. Well, I mean, it, it, look, that league right now, man, I mean, especially like if they lose, because Kuzma's going to opt out at the end of the year. If they lose him, you know, it, it's almost like you're starting over again. I mean, you're you're going to lose a, a key piece of what you thought you were building. You thought you had a great trio here with Beal, Porzingis, and Kuz, and he's likely going to bolt, you know, in free agency at the end of the season. So, you know, maybe Tommy can trade him for something. I don't know what that'll be right now of uh, value, but, you know, trade him for something. We'll see what happens. 301-230-0980. Commanders, hey, there was a guy that played this week, this, this guy that hadn't been around for a while. Um, I think he wears 99. 99. We'll talk about Chase Young's return to the lineup. Didn't really talk about that a whole lot yesterday. We'll talk about his contribution to the game on Saturday and perhaps the help he can be now over the next two weeks. Two incredibly important football games. Because we'll also talk about which team coming behind you in your rearview mirror right now scares you the most about passing the commanders. Because if Washington loses once, they open the door to a bunch of teams. We'll talk about that between now and noon. It's Russell and Medhurst live and in living color right here on the Team 980 and streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there. 
to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Two three zero zero nine eighty. It's Russell and Medhurst on a Tuesday morning. We're with you live until noon. Great to have you with us. Appreciate our guy John Trimmer working hard in the studio to get all the technical bugs worked out for us, so we can all communicate with each other. I saw Trim on the uh, video, uh, yeah, hovering back. over uh, Essex's shoulder. There, yeah, we, I, I, I was like, whenever uh, we have this simulcast thing, you know, when they put the studios back together, sometimes the, like yesterday was a little difficult for the producers because he couldn't communicate. So Essex and I are just texting back and forth, right. or Matt would hustle in here, uh, you know, running out of the studio. Um, so well, and we all remember uh, what happened when he the, the poor guy tried to honor his mom and say happy birthday. He had to, you know, do the forty yard dash into I the other said, studio. I said, "Matt, come in here." Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, Essek, did your mom have a uh, good birthday? And 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 was she uh, uh, happy with her her bouncing baby boy that uh, that she was recognized on the radio? Or she was so happy. She was giddy when I got home. She was like, that was the best present Aww. that you could have given me. And uh, we still had presents, which we're going to the MGM today to teach her how to do craps. Oh, <laughs> nice. How about that? Pretty soon she'll be signing up for the Cakes Classic over there at MGM. You, go. Hey you know. She'll be, she'll be playing cards until 2 in the yeah. morning with Cakes. She'll, she'll be breaking it down with Cakesy. She'll be, she'll be taking Cakes' bounty. Pretty soon she'll be wearing a, a a snow cap, you know, while while she's teaching. That's it, just like us. You know, we'll, we'll get her, Matt. We're gonna get, we're gonna, we're gonna have to get your mom a a teacher's cap or something that says teacher on it or something like that, um, so she can fit in with the rest of our group here. Like um, Ninety nine, Chris uh, showed up on Saturday. Yeah, and not only did he show up, I think he probably played a few more snaps than uh, maybe expected. Way more. But I got to tell you. Thought he looked the part, and happy for him yeah. because the whenever you have a catastrophic situation like that, and that knee was a catastrophic knee injury. This was not just your simple ACL, and we'll see you in eight months. There was a, this was a lot more complicated than that. It to, was to see him back, but to see him looking like himself, using his athleticism, the things that we saw in that rookie season that got us excited about him. But for the player, though, because the player is ultimately the guy that's got to go play and feel comfortable in that situation. Those of us that don't play the game don't understand that type of injury can be something that could haunt you for the rest of your career, and your career gets short-circuited by it if you if you can never overcome the mental part of it in particular. But to see him out there get into the rhythm of playing, 
but looking like that player, I think that has to be incredibly encouraging uh, if you're Washington with big decision to make on the player going forward about his fifth year and also needing contributions from him with two more games to go where you basically, in theory, have to attack them, that you have to win both games to get into the playoffs coming up. Yeah, so, all right, so so let's rewind. I mean, obviously, towards the end of last week, I guess it was Thursday or maybe it was Friday. I can't remember. I, I guess it was Friday. Uh, you know, I indicated there were some internal frustrations, and there are, uh, p- period. There are, uh, about a lot of things over the last two and a half years, right? That being said, Chase Young is still the number two overall pick from 2020. We all know the athleticism, Pete. We all know the strength. We all know what he can be when he's right. And um, when you look at that game, first of all, the 30 snaps that he played was at least double, at least double. Oh, minimum, yeah. What what they thought he would play, what they planned for him to play, okay? Uh, They planned for, my understanding is, you know, somewhere around 10 to 14 roughly. I mean, that number seems to vary depending on who you're talking to. Some people say 12 to 16, whatever. I thought he would play no more than a dozen snaps, and I thought he would only play in in third and long, and that wasn't based on conversations I had with anybody. That was just trying to use reasonable common sense, what have you. The problem is, against a team like San Francisco, number one, they're not in a lot of third and longs, number one. Number two, they run the ball a lot. They use a fullback in Kyle Juszczyk. They have a great offensive line with McClinchy and Williams on the outside and so on and so forth, and... Right from the get-go, on the first San Francisco series, Chase is in there against rundowns, on rundowns. So, to me, and I think his third snap, uh, I think his third snap, I was just watching it uh, before the show on Mark Bullock's site. Um, You know Mark, he used Mm -hmm. to do some stuff uh, for the Washington Post. He's got his own uh, site. It's like a subscription uh, type service and whatever. Uh, he does a really good job breaking down the film, analyzing it, all that play by play. Uh, and, and he focused on Chase Young. And the third snap, you know, was a third and one heavy power set from the 49ers. Fullback, I, I think it was I formation, fullback, lead. Uh, and, and they tried to ram it up the middle. And Chase Young was lined up basically over the inside shoulder of the guard. He wasn't even fanned out, again, against the tackle. In this particular spot, on this particular play, Pete, it looked like he was lined up on the inside shoulder of the right guard, which means basically between the right guard's left shoulder and the center's right shoulder, if that makes sense, which is pinned all the way in. And, again, it's third and one. And you can see, you can see him kind of twist his body right off the snap and try and dart in the hole, and they actually kind of blow. They, they blow it up, right? They blow it up because he gets basically into that gap that he is aligned in, and he doesn't seem to seem to favor his knee or be super tentative or afraid of getting in a mosh pit or anything like that. And then as the game went along, we see him get his right hand up, which I'm sure disappointed commanders fans because you should always get your left hand up. 
um, and knock down a pass. Um, and knock down a pass. We saw him with some pass rush pressure. We saw the athleticism. Uh, as we as we went along, we saw Chase Young. While he didn't make any plays that made you go, "Oh my God, wow, this is what we've been waiting for," right? Unless I'm forgetting one, I don't think I am. Well, I mean, the tip ball is the kind of play that can result in an interception. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I mean, but and when but he does that, you, but you look when he does that, yeah, but when he does that. He looks like a giant. He yes. looks like a mammoth of a man high well, in the is. air sure. making that kind of play. But the point was, Chris, is he was using his athleticism. Yes, yes. And, well, and uh, well, he seemed to the... be moving freely. Right. You know, which is um, – which, and I'm not saying physically freely, but mentally freely. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's the thing. I, I mean, I was so happy for them, um, you know, and for him, quite honestly, to see him used in a lot of different ways. Like I was talking about, he was used split – like wide to the tackle from the left defensive end spot, which something we talked about, right? Using Montez Sweat maybe more on the right side uh, with um, uh, going against Trent Williams, using Chase in a little bit of a different way than we have seen him for much of his career, which is at the right defensive end spot. He was fanned out wide to start that game against McClinchy. Um, he was, again, then put inside on the interior, basically as down defensive lineman, all, almost on that third and one stop, used at the right spot. Uh, the, the pass knockdown came from the left side, again, off of pe- just getting your hands up. Um, and you saw McGlinchey, by the way, commit two pre-snap yes, penalties too, absolutely. which is Good rare point. for him. Good point. Good but point. I also think, I mean, Chris, you have to under, think now, though, that rotation, that ability to rotate mm-hmm. of Sweat, Chase, and Smith-Williams, yep. it makes that group stronger because it makes it fresher, makes them fresher. No doubt. No uh, doubt. Those guys played less snaps than I thought they were going to play. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I think JSW only had like 15 or 16 snaps. Uh, was he, was that he got banged up? He got banged. I think he was evaluated point. for a concussion. Yeah. That's part of the, re- but two Hill played less, uh, F.A. Obata played, le- you know, but, again. But, but shouldn't they play less when Chase sure. Young is back? I mean, okay. I mean, just in theory that, you know, so here, here's my, okay, here, here's my concern. Okay. And I'm just going to throw it out. Uh, people are going to probably not like this, but it's just it, it's just what it is. I'm not okay? trying to be a jerk here, but <laughs> no, I'm trying to make a reasonable football point. Okay, um, a cogent football point with Chris Russell. <laughs> so, yes, Kirk, uh, I'm tr- I'm trying to keep you clean, Kirk. I'm trying to c- just keep going, keep doing what you're doing, keep coming back from like massive holes, uh, and and beat the Giants. Thank you. Um, so, remember. Week four of last year when Curtis Samuel was rushed back and played in, at that point, a one-and-two game against the Atlanta Falcons and played a big role and played like 25 snaps when he was only supposed to play like 10 or 12. Yeah, he had four catches in that game. Right. Uh, second down, a third down, a fourth down, uh, all, you know, like big catches to set up a touchdown, so on and so forth, Right. So remember, he played about double the amount of snaps because Logan Thomas got hurt in that game early. And Cam Sims, I think, also got hurt in that game early. So Curtis had to play more than they were planning on him playing. The next week he played against Kansas, uh, I think it was Kansas City or New Orleans. And he just wasn't right. And he had to kind of play a limited role and something was barking on him. Right. And then. We never really saw Curtis Samuel except here and there and very limited after that. 
what I'm worried about, this is just me being a, 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 a worrier to the nth degree. Did they overplay Chase Young? Not out of necessity, but because Chase wanted to play, which kudos to him, but also because they were trying to win a game that they knew they shouldn't probably win and was starting to slip away, and they needed the potential explosiveness of what Chase Young provides. And will that have any kind of impact on either the practice week, which starts tomorrow, uh, after a couple of days off here for the players, or will that limit him in terms of effectiveness or usage on Sunday against the Cleveland Browns? Understand. I obviously yeah. don't know the answer to that. I'm just pointing it out. I understand out why you would bring that up. There. I understand why you would bring that up. But remember, we were led to believe that the player was close, if not ready to go all the way back near week five. Correct. Okay. The issue clearly as consistently hinted at whenever reporters would ask the question as delicately and competitively as they can with Ron uh, week by week. And and I give them a lot of credit because you, you talk about it all the time. Uh, you know, the people that are out there all the time have to ask the question, Hey, right. is 99 getting closer is 99 getting closer. Well, physically he was probably ready to go close to that time right now. They're just trying to get him more up to game speed and game mm-hmm. legs. So they probably felt that playing him more was like if this was week five and he came back, Chris, and they did that, then I think we have a greater cause for concern on that. I think that's a good point, yeah. But I think they felt, based on their medical information they were getting, that he was close to playing then. And by ramping him up, and I mean, they've ramped him up, I mean, several weeks of ramping up. So it's given him every opportunity to build some more strength, football-type activities in that leg. So the key was, how did it respond Sunday morning? And as long as there wasn't swelling and stiffness and a setback of any kind, because it's always the day after and, and right. maybe even two days after that. How does the knee respond to the trauma of playing a game uh, in this situation? And as long as he didn't have any setbacks, I think we're, I think we're in line to see him probably 30, 35 snaps if events warrant coming up this week. Because I believe he can make a – I believe he and that defensive line can make an um, incredible dent this week against the Cleveland offense that whenever they're not handling it to Nick Chubb right now – seems to be very vulnerable, and so does the quarterback uh, in this situation. So that, I think, is what, you know, has to happen for them because, Chris, as, you know, we'll talk about, there are teams clearly in their rearview mirror that are not far away, and this team has no margin for error now, in my opinion. They got no margin for error. They got to win both games. Um, so that, that, to me, if you can get more production out of 99 this week – Makes that rotation stronger. Makes your defense even better. I mean, your defense has been phenomenal for a good portion of the year, holding people to 20 points or less uh, for the most part. I mean, an offense with a couple of turnovers put them in some short fields this week, and Mm -hmm. they still held them to field goals and sudden change defense. But for the most part, this defense has given you an opportunity every week to win, and you've just added another talented piece to it. This is, you know, again, another huge game. 
uh, coming up this week. Your better, your roster is better, in my opinion, overall than the one you're going to play this week. But the and the team you play this week has nothing to play for but professional pride. So uh, we'll see what happens. But you know, we'll see if Washington can get over that seven win hump under Ron Rivera last week. You know, it was a much tougher opportunity. The week before should have happened against the Giants, mm-hmm. but it didn't. They've got a lot to prove right now. Russell's going to tell us what's trending. All right, we're brought to you by the Purple Heart Foundation for over 60 years. The Purple Heart Foundation has been helping veterans. You can be the difference in a veteran's life. Donate today at purpleheartfoundation.org. Donating is easy, and your donation is tax deductible. That's purpleheartfoundation.org, honoring their sacrifice with our service. So the commander's players uh, will have a brief uh, workout and team meeting at around 1 o'clock today. Ron Rivera expected to address the media at about 1.30 or so. Will we find out who the starting quarterback is? Carson Wentz or Taylor Heineke? Of course, Heineke starting Saturday, benched in San Francisco, and then Wentz finishing up strong with a touchdown drive to get the Commanders back within shouting distance. Again, we will see as the Commanders get ready for their final two games of the regular season this Sunday, New Year's Day, against Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns team that Pete just talked about, and then, of course, the Dallas Cowboys after that. And if they win both, they are in the NFC playoff picture meanwhile the caps back in action tonight and they are on the road at madison square garden in new york city against the 1911 and five blue shirts seven o'clock puck drop 645 the pregame for the streaking capitals who are now up to 1913 and four you can listen to it 1067 the fan and the odyssey app and the wizards are also back from the christmas break uh, they are not streaking of course they are uh, they did okay. Let's just call it that. The last part of their long six-game road trip, uh, winning Friday night in Sacramento. The Wizards taking on the Philadelphia 76ers tonight uh, at Capital One Arena. Again, 645 for the pregame uh, right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app with Dave Johnson, Glenn Consor, and friends. And that's what's trending. Before we get the fans involved, touchdown at 10, straight ahead, nine minutes away. 301-230-0980. If you want to get in queue now, you can. Matty's ready for you. Be courteous to him when you call in today. Russell, there are a handful of teams still alive here. And some, as we say, in the rearview mirror, you know, objects are a little larger than they appear. If I'm if I'm the Washington Commanders, I win both games. Do not leave it to chance because when you look in the rearview mirror right now and you see a Detroit Lions team that is uh, playing its butt off, they're not going away. You see a Green Bay Packers team that all of a sudden is resurgent in what they're doing now, trying to find a pulse to this uh, NFL season at the 11th hour. And look, let's face it, not many people better uh, than Aaron Rodgers still in the game. And it's taken them a long time to find some chemistry. But the mixture of Dylan and Jones in the run game, uh, the emergence of Christian Watson uh, now in the passing game, which has helped them considerably here. 
uh, over the last couple of weeks. But now, when you look at those clubs, the Giants still, you know, with a formidable, at least one formidable game ahead, and you lose the tiebreaker to them. So your concentration is on yourself and the Green Bay Packers and Detroit Lions who are coming right behind you. Uh, Because if you lose one of those games and you open the door to either one of those teams, Packers play the Vikings and the Lions. Both games are at home. So in theory, Green Bay has a little bit of a driver's seat here with Minnesota this week on New Year's Day at 425 and then the Lions the following week. Obviously, that game could be, you know, that game could be for all the marbles in that wild card spot. Right. Um, You know, Detroit, also 7-8 and like the Packers. They play at home versus the Bears, and then go to Green Bay. The Giants, meanwhile, still have one game remaining with a very good team, as we know, in the Philadelphia Eagles at the end of the season in Philadelphia. If that game, if that game means anything, because remember, means anything, Philadelphia right. right now still. Yeah, but has you know to what win. though? Look, they played well with Minshew this week. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'd, I'd be fine with Minshew against the Giants and still having a chance to win. Right, but, but. The part of the problem is, is the rest of their team was. Yeah, playing. but they still got. I mean, they still got to play somebody. No, no, I understand that. But, but what I guess what I'm saying is, is if that game doesn't mean anything for them, meaning they have the one seed locked up, Philadelphia via either a win against the Saints this week mm-hmm. at home, likely, sure, or uh, other results triggering that, then. Not only is Minshew playing, but you might not see Miles Sanders. You might not see Kelsey. You might not see uh, A.J. Brown. You might not see, you know, and, and again, teams have struggled with this, especially if they get the one seed, they're going to get the bye. So do you want your guys not playing for three weeks? It's something that teams struggle with sure. every year, and there's no try and true method, but we don't know if the Eagles are then going to play not only Jalen Hurts, of course they wouldn't, but Smith, AJ Brown, exact, all of those, you know, Fletcher Cox, all of yeah. those guys, you know, Darius Slay, so on and so forth on defense. Now, the Giants, right? But this, here's why it might not matter, though. That game may not matter anyway because the Giants play the Colts this week, right? Exactly <laughs> at home, exactly. And 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 that's what I'm saying. I mean, the the Eagles essentially, again, they lock up the one seed. I believe it is, which just straight up a win, no matter any other results, right? Right. They could also lose that game, meaning to the Saints, however that happens, and still get the one seed based on other results. And the Giants, to your point, again, they're going to have maybe not a layup, but come on. Are the Indianapolis, I mean, the Indianapolis Colts are going to go into MetLife Stadium and beat the Giants, um, you know, who lost kind of. Essentially, a heartbreaker in Minnesota on Saturday. Uh, they played well enough to win that game. They did. It's not like they came in flat off of the emotional win on Sunday night in in Landover. They they played well enough to win. Special teams hurt them, or good special teams by the Vikings, and and maybe some bad special teams uh, at other points. You know, by the Giants in that game hurt them. But my point being is the Giants are likely going to go to nine six and one. The Cowboys are on the road against the Titans. Um, in Nashville, and we know Ryan Tannehill's not playing in that game. We know uh, the Rook is is going to play in that game, uh, Malik Willis. And you would say the Cowboys are likely to win that game. I I, I would say that, but I mean it. I mean, 
I mean, how, Seattle, how you know, Seattle, you know who's also league? Seattle, who can also pass you. They play their home in the last two games right. versus the Jets, who are reeling. Right, and, and starting the Rams. Mike, and starting Mike White, by right. the way, again this week. Still, to, Jets at least still clinging to playoff hopes. So they're gonna. I mean, they're gonna play all their people. Oh, absolutely. Um. So, but but Seattle at home against the Jets and Rams. So Washington has no margin for error. Right. And and the Vike and the Vikings Packers game is after the Commanders Browns game, so you won't know the result. You know, like you'll listen. The most simplistic scenario, Pete, is they have to win these two games, yep, and that's it. Like you don't have to worry about anybody else if you worry about yourself first. Be selfish. Be selfish and take care of business. Okay. Period. Be selfish this week. Beat Cleveland and then beat Dallas. And then we'll we'll go beat Kirk in Minnesota. Ha! Let's get Kirk again. Oh man, would Commanders fans let me have it? And Sheehan and Pulse. Oh man, would I mean they would be euphoric number one. I could see it from now. a playoff win. Oh, Fourth quarter, seventeen seventeen tie. Cousins out route Jefferson. It's jumped by St. Juiced. He's got it at the forty, the fifty, the Minnesota forty, the thirty, the twenty, the ten, five touchdown. Washington Woo! phone lines light up. People would people would line up at 7 p.m. Sunday night to call us Monday morning so they could hammer you, Sheehan, and GP as Kirk Cousins throws it to BSJ for a pick six that it's sends pretty, Washington to the next round of the playoffs. It's a pretty good call by you on that on that potential uh dynasty change or franchise changing moment. It's almost like you do play by play and stuff. You know, I had a guy on Twitter that they played my call and the guy goes, this is exactly how radio play by play is supposed to be done. I got the biggest goosebumps because somebody completely independent in some other place actually saw that and said that I was so happy because it makes you know, it makes you think you know what you're doing. 301-230-0980. 301-230-0980. You can line up and tell us what you're doing right now. A, Wentz and Heineke. That debate rages on this week. We'll see if Ron answers it for us and settles things. And, of course, which team worries you the most in the rearview mirror? Seattle, the Lions, Green Bay, the Packers of Green Bay. Kick the ball through the Big H, as Eddie Murphy said, with Akeem and coming to America. Will that be enough this week? the Packers to stay alive. We'll find out. Let's talk about it now. 301-230-0980. Streaming live for free, of course, on the Odyssey app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.